Hello. What's up, party people? <laughs> hey, babe, can you get my Laffy Taffy from the bedroom? Uh huh. <laughs> he asked me if I'm ready to start, and I said yes. But I need my candy, so I guess I wasn't actually ready to start. Because gotta have my fuel. This is actually. <laughs> this right here, my friends, is the best Laffy Taffy flavor. It's the big kind. Those are like, you know, like the huge Laffy Taffy. It's about eight inches long. It's like stick. It's a green one. It's thick and it has the little bites in it. It's the watermelon. Your mind. You stop. Is you in stop the describing gutters. it. <laughs> like just leave it alone. They get it. Just leave it alone, bro. <laughs> don't even like keep it's watermelon flavor firm. is right. so good. Throw it back to the Laffy Taffies. We literally live two blocks from this one block. shell. We live one block. It's a very long block. One block from the Shell gas station, and man, looks are deceiving. Looks are hella deceiving from the outside. The Shell gas station it's a looks little scary. Like, do not go in. There's barred ward windows, all that stuff. <laughs> That's not the norm for gas stations in Seattle for them to have barred yeah, it windows. Is. Yeah, it is. No, no, they're really. all like that. Nah, bro. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. What do you mean? The barred windows and stuff? No, but it's like... They all have that. But not only... Okay, maybe that's true, but these windows are tinted. They're not where, tinted. I'm trying to paint a scene here. <laughs> and you're literally ruining it right now. <laughs> just imagine a gas station just, that looks shady from the outside. Yeah. And I'm trying to give them some exaggerated... But it's not like you don't have to involve other Seattle because like there's a lot of Seattle that's like that. Apparently, Hannah is really, really defensive for other gas stations. <laughs> yeah. She is like on the rise, ready to protest for gas stations. Means that much I to her. I just don't like inaccurate descriptions. Literal Linda over here. <laughs> Just trying to be exaggerating Eddie over here and give a painting, paint the picture. Nobody likes exaggerating Eddie. No, everybody loves exaggerating Eddie. No, they do not. Makes the story cool. 100%. Everybody has that uncle that is exaggerating Eddie. That they don't like. And I love exaggerating Eddie. (laughs) Best storytellers ever. All right. But from the outside, it's shady. It's shady. And then you go in. And it's just way bigger than it looks. It is stocked with all of the goods. It's got good candy too. It is amazing. Yeah. And it has a good drink section. It's amazing. So I think that's where you got the Laffy Taffy from. It is. Yep. Wait, is it? Yeah, it is. Mm Mm-hmm. What a good find. I know. What a good find. I had to have it. Um so this podcast is a day late. Lord have mercy. And you know what I thought was interesting? I don't know. This is our 13th podcast. 
Freaky Friday 13. Oh my God. And of course. If we were superstitious. Are you superstitious <laughs> is my question. Oh, that's a really good question. I myself am not. Not at I, all? I'm not superstitious. Not uh, for anything? Uh-uh. What about uh, sports? I don't believe... What no, about... I don't believe in curses. Like, there's there's this thing in the UFC right now mm-hmm. where you're not supposed to wear your... the You're not supposed to wear the gear of the fighter that you want to win right. the week before the fight. Right. I'm like, what the... No, bro. Yeah. No, I don't believe... I don't believe any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't hate people that do. <laughs> Hate's a pretty strong word. Yeah. I grew up in a family that is very superstitious. Yeah. To this day. Very superstitious. If you're listening, family members love you. But you all I'm trying are to very think of a superstition that I potentially would even like sort of think, you know? Like most of them I don't I'm not superstitious at all. I don't but I'm trying to think if there's one that like is kinda like under the radar like people don't think of it but it is you know hmm. i'm trying to think of something like that because pro- i feel like there's probably something i grew up with very about. extreme superstitious people mm-hmm. and i was on the other side it's my enneagram eight self to being like i am not gonna follow that crowd i don't like the worry i don't like the fear all that yeah. stuff yeah i don't like the like conspiracy theories around it mm-hmm. not about that but one that I maybe is a subtle one that I would kind of like go along with. And every once in a while, I would be like all in on it. And the other times I would just do it because whatever is knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes that one feels the most real. Not knock on wood per se, but like when you say... Oh, it's been such a like slow day at work. And then like oh, you turn yes. around and like if you say it, the opposite's going to like. That's another one. So like that one I would say is the most like it feels most real hmm. to me. Like I'm not superstitious about it, but I'd be the closest to being about that one. Wow. Because like. There's so many times where you're like, oh yeah, no one got hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And then someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, you say it out and then it happens. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the one I think is the most like, sometimes I'm like, don't say that because then it's going to happen, you know? I don't really think that, but that one I think is the most like believable for whatever reason. Like at work, we have, you know, guards and it's like, been a slow day like there hasn't been any you know really wild activity from third avenue coming up you know yeah type of thing so they're like yeah it's been pretty slow like or whatever or if you if you say that sometimes they get they get a little irritated yeah it's like don't say that you know mm-hmm. and you're like oh yeah it's been a chill day like don't say that because it's gonna be mm-hmm. you know interesting it always happens that if you say that then then all of a sudden bad stuff starts happening so what you're saying 
is I may not be superstitious, but you're a little stitious. <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> no. The great Michael Scott line. I don't really believe that stuff. I still don't, but I'd say that was the one that's like the closest to me to like being like, I, I almost would think that. Got it. It's like the closest. Got it. But I still kind of don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's Freaky Friday 13th episode. Um, Freaky Monday. Um, we got cursed, man. We couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> record yesterday because our daughter, JL, decided to slice her ear open. Oh, my gosh. Not on purpose. She was playing at the park. Joey was. It was pretty much your fault, right? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Chasing them around the big toy thing, like like running full speed at them, tag. We've it's done of, this. It's many- one of those things that if a, if a, if I was there, I would have been like, you need to slow down. <laughs> Uh, maybe, I guess. <laughs> but no, they were they're having fun. But she fell and bonked her head on something. We still don't know what what the heck happened. Yeah. Somehow it like hit her ear hard enough to She was slice stepping it. from one thing to a rope and her foot missed and then her arms didn't hold her up. And then she swung as if like... A bat was going to hit a baseball or a bat was going to hit a pole. Her head and her body just swung Wait, like the bat. she swung like on a pole. rope and hit the pole? No, it wasn't a rope. No. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still don't understand. Well, there's ropes that you could stand on and yeah. walk on. So, like, she was jumping from something else to the rope and probably missed the step. And then because of that, her body just kind of, like, swung and her ear took the brunt of the hit on the pole and it was one of the foundational poles for the entire play, like massive play set at this playground i knew so like when she fell she just fell i was like ow and like you know kids kids fall mm-hmm. they say ow and then they get back up and keep running so i waited a second and then about three seconds she went Daddy, 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 start freaking out. So mm-hmm. this all happened on our third kid's birthday, Hallie's birthday. Yeah. So, so not the kid that got hurt, but the other one. Yep. One's birthday. Yeah, it was a whole dramatic. So JL and I were in the ER from about 5 to... 11. 5 p.m. to midnight. Was it midnight? 11. 11, 11. 5 p.m. Yeah, 11. And thank, thankfully, our good friends Lisa and Cody could come and shout out, watch the other kiddos. Shout out! Um, it was, yeah, that was game changer. Game changer. Yeah, so so nice. Um, otherwise, Hallie's birthday would have been pretty much ruined, and you know, but I was able to take her and still have fun. We went to the. The Kraken game yeah. with her friend. Kraken is our Seattle hockey team, the professional hockey team, yeah. for those of you out there that don't know. It was 
so scary <laughs> because we were sitting up high and it's like so steep. Have you been, when you sat there, were you when that we high? Went, we were second row from the farthest back, but I didn't think it was scary. I thought it was awesome. I feel <laughs> like you're going to tip over and fall down the whole thing. Oh my God. That's how I feel the whole time. Yeah. It must be a, I don't know, man. And I, you think. <laughs> and I also have the like that, you know, intrusive thoughts of like, I'm going to throw myself down. So oh, God. That doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, that does not help. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't do it. Yep. Don't throw yourself down. 100%. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> By the way, traffic sound sounds lighter. I mean, louder today. It is louder today. Well, it must be a lot of car for cars for some reason. I don't know what's going on out I there. No idea, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> All I know. All I know is you got some stories. All I know is that that story is why we're late. Mm hmm I wanted to, speaking of my work and the weirdos that come in, I wanted to tell you about this random guy. Because <laughs> I've been wanting to tell you and I keep forgetting Oh my god. So. No chewing in the mic, you gross head. I'm sorry, hold on. It's one of the worst sounds for people to listen to. <laughs> Whenever they like it. Um. So every single day, there's this guy that comes in and he's wearing the same clothes. Are you going to describe him? Okay, perfect. He's wearing the same clothes every day. I mean, he's just like a tall white dude. Like, very unidentifiable. Like he doesn't have like, hmm. you yeah. know, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. just got brown hair. Yeah. You know, just like mm -hmm. kind of tall, whatever. But he always wears like this light colored leather, like a light brown colored leather jacket and these like khaki pants. And he always gets a... Um, Wait, did you say leather? It's like a leather, yeah. It's like that camel leather color. Really interesting. Anyway, um, he always gets the exact same stuff every time. But what he does is he gets a cart and then he grabs a candle. We have these like single tapers, like the candles, yeah, 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 yeah. sticks. He grabs a candle and he goes to the sock section and he grabs always a pair of socks with Obama's face on them. Wait, you're kidding me. And he sticks the socks in so that they're like little cardboard flap thing. Holder packaging can like go in the frame of the cart to like, so they like hang and they hang in the front. So everyone, when he's pushing the cart can see the socks. They're displayed. <laughs> and then he puts the candle next to the socks. Like it's some sort of um, altar. You know, like what do you, when you set up like a candles and like a thing, like a. Yeah, kind of like an altar. Like sure. A, it's not an altar. There's another word for it. But be, you know what I mean? Like when people set up a thing that's like in honor of mm -hmm. whatever person. So he puts the candle and he puts the socks. And then he goes around the whole store 
forever just like doing weird stuff and gra- like gets the same stuff every time though he always gets a bottle of sparkling water and he gets like i don't know probably like a sandwich or something something to eat i can't remember but he always gets like the same couple things but he still goes around the whole store as if he's not gonna get the same things what and he like i think what he's doing is he does it to show everyone his like he like wants to to display this like what the socks (laughs) and then without fail he goes to the front to check out and i've seen him do this at least 10 times with my own eyes and other people have seen him do it when i'm not there he puts his stuff on the belt and then as soon as he puts his stuff on the belt he takes the socks and he takes the candle and he goes and puts them back what the heck he never buys them what no he just puts them in his cart to walk around and then he puts them back every day is he a psycho (laughs) and then he takes his liter of sparkling water so it's like one of those big ones when most of the time when he buys it he sticks it in his back pocket to carry it outside (laughs) which is just like a bizarre move (laughs) just like a liter of water in your back pocket so uncomfortable (laughs) of your khakis what the heck first of all how baggy are those pants second of all the dude must not have any badonk (laughs) but he's just legitimately like like just something's something's going on like he does it every day and i'm just like he he does this every day every day he does his little routine and i think you know it could be an ocd thing where people you know they have to do like their specific like routine thing dude we're such jerks what if this is like i mean he probably does have like a mental problem but like it's just so funny though like you know does he ever talk to you guys he's harmless it's funny does he ever talk to you guys like do you ever like try to Um, we've we've, people have interacted i haven't personally interacted with him but he's interacted with other people before he's kind of can be kind of a little bit rude yeah he's not like the nicest interesting but it's so he's just it's the funniest thing has anybody asked him about the obama socks no but i keep telling people i'm like we gotta just pull them all pull all the socks and he what is he gonna do when he looks over and there's (laughs) there's no obama oh my that's not a good idea what if he actually goes crazy i just want to see what happens when he doesn't have his socks no 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 no. i really want to see what no 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 (laughs) i was telling people and then and then we had the idea me and my coworker was like or we could wear the socks and then we just have our pants rolled up so that he could see them when he comes in we can just be like give him like eyes and like show our socks oh (laughs) my god just be like hey hey look over here i got the socks jeez louise you that's intense man. there's so many there's so many people like that though whatever groceries he buys you guys should just put socks by it yeah if you guys know the same treasure hunt 
If you know the items that he buys. <laughs> the Obama's everywhere. <laughs> don't put the Obama socks on display. Just put them near the items oh that he gets. Oh, That's funny, man. That's crazy. Yeah, we have a lot of weirdos like that. Um, Yeah, it's very, very entertaining. Yeah, I've been meaning to tell you about that guy. There's some weirdos in Seattle for sure. <laughs> There's weirdos everywhere, though. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's a little stitious, if you ask me. That's a little stitious. <laughs> I... That's how how stitious is that on the stitious scale? <laughs> I think that's a little superstitious. That's a little high up there on that. that. It's a ten. Where do you know anything about superstition, dude? So did superstition essentially evolve from like, um, like wives' tales? Like was that the evolution of superstition? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> right now, if we keep talking about this, we're going to sound like Theo Vaughn. Just being like, <laughs> saying the most wildest. Like, I have no clue what we're talking about. You know what I think? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, see, here's one thing I know about superstition. Tell me. Is superstition is really... Uh, popular i don't think that's the right word is really common Su superstitious people uh are re is a really are really common in the catholicism religion there's something about the catholic religion that sort of <laughs> cultiv <laughs> cultivates this culture of like superstition i don't know why it is it could be many things could be many things but one thing is their somewhat obsession with angels, and so. Bro. No. No, I said bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think religion in general is like pretty much full of superstition. Whoa. And I think that you could probably find superstition in Christianity as well. Yeah. That. Uh huh. A lot of people still hold to, you know, without knowing it. Oh, man. The second coming. There's so many, many things. How many people are probably like, they wouldn't even say this, but they're superstitious about like the second coming in Christ. 100%. Never thought about that. I think that's partly why I've always been like, um, what's that word that I'm trying to think of? Kind of like push back and like re rebellious ish not i don't know what the right word is but like i'd push back on a lot of things um religion wise christianity wise where it's like things like even communion and stuff like that it can feel superstitious to me and that's why i don't that's part of why i reject a lot of things mm. um i think when it when it doesn't feel superstitious i'm like I, I can accept this, right? But if it feels superstitious at all, that's when I start to get like, oh, this is like, this is like religion. This is weird. Huh. 
So that's part of like where I get kind of like against stuff is when it feels like it's coming with superstition with yeah. it. Yeah. And even that might not be like the heart of the person who's doing it, but like that's where I get like weary, you know? Yeah. Wary. I think it's wary. Yeah. But communion can feel superstitious to me. In what way? Um, just there's a lot of beliefs surrounding it that are very like rigid. Um, people have believed or have um, different different churches, different denominations, but they they've believed like. Um, if you take communion and you um, I can't remember it's like if you don't if you don't like have a good heart about it there's like judgment or if you like don't if you have something against if you have like a um, argument with your f- friend or like a disagreement with someone else, but you come and take communion before you've dealt with that, then there's judgment on you for that. Yeah. Like all those little things. Well, it says that in Corinthians. Right. And people take that as like a... Very literal. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've been a part of groups where it's very like literal. Yeah. It makes sense. So there are times Sup- like that where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The definition of superstition is excessively credulous belief in and reverence for supernatural beings. Mm. That's an interesting definition. I've never heard that definition. Yeah. Uh, Here's another definition is a widely held but unjustified belief in supernatural causation leading to certain consequences of an action or event or a practice based on such belief. I feel like that's kind of like closer to what we were talking about this whole time. But But that's still like It's interesting to think about like when I brought up the Catholicism thing, mm-hmm. it makes sense with the first definition. Well, and that's if you just go by that definition without any kind of like clarification of what it looks like or what it means then that could mean pretty much everything that has to do with god Mm. you could be considered superstitious for believing anything about god yeah under that kind of definition um like tithing if you believe that you tithe then if you tithe then you will like kind of receive blessing or like whatever like that's superstitious Right. Or the opposite. If or you don't tithe, yeah. then God will, or will bless you. If you pray that you will this or that, or if you, um, yeah, there's like all of it. Everything is really kind of superstitious. It's really interesting though, because like as Jesus people, there's got to there is this sort of like mystery where both are involved. 
um, both are involved and it's, it's, we have to be careful to choose which one that we're like, you know, following, believing. What I mean by that is like, I think people confuse superstition with the supernatural. Right. Um, the supernatural would be sort of this unseen realm where things are existing that we don't know about and Mm -hmm. this or that. I think it'd be really hard for sort of the, the common world who don't believe in anything, what they're agnostics or whatnot, that they would just look at all religious people and being like, these people are idiots for believing in the supernatural and they're just superstitious. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting when people have no religious claims, but do claim superstition. Well, that's the thing is that like, I think that the majority of people are, um, they are, they do believe in supernatural and spiritual things. Um, the majority does. I would say that like the minority believes in only physical. That's like very uncommon because you have most people who they don't believe in um, the God of the Bible, but they believe in like psychics and they believe in like um, ghosts and things like that. So there's like supernatural things that they admit are very like real, you know, um, certain types of energy and divinity and things like that, that however they say it. Yeah. So it's like, right. Under that definition that was listed, it's like everyone is superstitious pretty much. If you're just going to say it has to do with anything supernatural or any, you know, like, it was yeah. such a broad definition. It was. Um, but I think that, well, I guess it's more of like question. I don't, I wonder if you can, um, I wonder if you can be like a um, Christian, which is, uh, not to say like can you be religious but can you be a christian without being superstitious um that's just what that's just something i'm thinking through right now because obviously to my own definition i'm not superstitious right because superstitious has the connotation that it's it's made up or it's fake it has yeah. that. It has the connotation of like it's. I don't know. How I don't know how to say what I'm saying. I feel like most people who are superstitious don't think they're superstitious because they think it's real, so they're not going to say it's super because superstitious kind of has like a fakeness to it. Yeah, they're going to be like, no, it's not superstitious. It's real. Right. Like those things are. They can't. They don't go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superstitious yeah. equals fake superstitious and real don't go together so if someone is superstitious they're gonna say no i'm not it's real yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what i'm trying to like work through is like 
I think we all have probably just our definitions all like mixed up and all that too, because that definition was too broad and all of that. But I think the goal would be to be, I mean, in my mind, I feel like the goal would be to like be Christian without being religious or be Christian without being superstitious. I would say religious and superstitious are almost the same thing. Hmm. Like to me, those are like very similar. Mm-hmm. Or like they're cousins, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they go together. Religion yeah. is kind of like superstition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, I feel like, shouldn't be religious. I don't think we should be. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you could argue that. Yeah. I don't think we should be religious or superstitious. But then there's a point where anyone's going to call you superstitious if you believe in anything. When you say religious, what do you mean by that? To me, religion is um, ritual that it's it's religion means like spiritual ritual in a way. To you, that's what you yeah. means to you. Okay, yeah, or like or like um, ritual to. To produce relationship. Got it. Like ritual to gain something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. God. Uh-huh. Um, or just gain God. Yeah, or to gain God. Yeah. So it's like ritual that gains you something. Um, and I, that's why I don't think um, it's good to be religious because I think that any ritual should should be done um just out of the joy of your heart like the joy of ritual cuz there is joy for a lot of people in ritual mm-hmm. and that's great but that's different than religion isn't the joy of ritual religion is gaining god with ritual yeah that's i don't know yeah absolutely i i totally agree i think another thing that I would add on to that definition of religion would be sort of like dogmatic truth Hmm. where dogmatic truth is this thing that like you have to submit to no matter what. Yeah. Um, It's so black and white. There's no room for discussion. There's no room for questioning. Um, And everyone who is sort of like, protecting and passing on that religious belief whatever that may be um they're doing it like sternly they're doing it without mercy they're doing it uh they're yeah that's that's kind of like my another thing another reason why i don't like religion is because like people who are so dogmatic about their truth when like there is such a reality where there's a confidence that we have as Jesus people, mm-hmm. but then there's also in equal to that would be faith. Yeah. Because there's so much mystery to everything being like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, why are there wars in the world? And people are claiming, you know, Christianity in the midst of that. Like, I heard a story today. So, uh, a pastor in Africa at a very large church in Kenya mm-hmm. 
got arrested because the pastor has been teaching his people and mainly from what it sounds like children mm-hmm. but his like the church but for some reason main mainly children are involved in this he's been teaching children and more but children to fast till you meet to Jesus uh, fast until you meet Jesus and so they found at a like farm about I don't know miles away from this church building set over 70 bodies buried hmm. because these people have literally fasted until they met jesus like it's or terrible. they're just following the the pastors yeah thing. and i'm like that's it's terrible. so frustrating so i'm like man that's that's where this whole religion mm-hmm. gets really really screwed up yeah gets really really muddied gets really really um cult-like etc yeah i think that religion is one of the hardest it's like the biggest hurdle and like the constant sin of mankind like the constant fallback to religion fall back to religion like that it's like really frustrating it's really frustrating it's really sad it's really like why do we keep doing that why do people keep doing that with the gospel yeah why does it keep turning into that and turning into that and turning into that yeah um yeah it's really frustrating and it's really like it just makes you like wonder what I don't know like what God wants what what is like what is I don't know because part of it is like some stuff's good and then you're like is it though (laughs) is it though because it keeps turning into this you know and Jesus like came and died and I think Jesus died for for the um for the world obviously but for the world to like not fall back on religion and like Jesus died so that like religion can kind of be out of the picture but yet well, it still is like it's 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 so much easier to follow religion than to practice relationship with Jesus because religion is often more tangible yeah than it is to follow after Jesus well at least that's how it's taught and that's the problem is that it's taught that way it's taught that you know Jesus is the Bible. So religion is they pass down the Bible and they teach people, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Instead of teaching them like how to, you know, find rest or how to find joy in community, um, things where Jesus is present and all of those things. But it's really easy. Like it, and then yeah. it, it also, at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, it doesn't require any faith. Like religion doesn't require any faith. Yeah. And it's much easier to feel satisfied because you're following duties and dogma and all of that stuff. You're adopting this stuff and not have to worry about exercising faith. Yeah. Because you're convinced that your belief is your doing. Yeah. It's funny because the people who have those kind of rigid morals and like religious rigidity are very like faith over feelings and like (laughs) your feelings don't matter and like but like i would say like what you're saying is true and accurate because like when they perform when when you go to church you know and you're volunteering and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing like according to the religion you know you're serving enough and you're da 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 yep exactly you feel uh-huh good yeah so it's about those feelings yeah of feeling like you you're following the rules you're feeling good about yourself uh-huh you are following you know the rigidity so you're feeling like proud of yourself you're feeling good you're feeling a certain way when you're not when you're you know oh i didn't go this week and oh i like you know hooked my bible in two years i haven't read my bible and i like oh i hooked up with this guy or whatever like you don't feel good yeah you feel bad Uh uh-huh so really what they're focusing is is that feeling yeah it's like Oh, I want to feel good. Uh-huh. I want to feel like I'm close to God. You want to feel a lot of things, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's not faith. Faith over feelings, right? Faith is believing that no matter what you've done, you're still good. Yeah. No matter what you feel, mm-hmm. you're still good. Yeah. So. No, 100%. It's the opposite of what they're even saying. And that's. That's so frustrating. Well, that's what's so cool about like this upcoming generation. One thing that I love about this, like shout out to Gen Zers, yeah, and like the 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 babies of Gen X's, um, like shout out to all y'all because that generation is claiming um, they're they're considered the nuns when it comes to religion mm-hmm. like when they're taking you know uh, they're doing like demographic studies or uh whatever like polls whatever what's your religious belief all those things um they go to college and they get to fill that out like claim your religion there's now a nun option mm. and i i'm not even kidding that I'm, i think it's like over 80 percent that's claiming nuns Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing is is we're finding out that this is like a two or three year trend now is like we're finding out that those nuns don't necessarily not believe in something they just don't want to claim any of those not not claiming a religion yeah and it's amazing it's beautiful yeah i think about like uh john the baptist Mm -hmm. john the baptist would seem like 
a heretic, a cult leader, all that stuff, if he was alive today. Mm-hmm. Like pastors who are religious that are like, John, you just got to get in our, you know, in our theology class, man. Mm-hmm. Or be like, John, it seemed, it's been like 10 years since you volunteered. You should probably volunteer. Like even it's just once a month, John, just volunteer once a month. <laughs> um, and you try to like get these people on this Western track of religion mm-hmm. toward eternal bliss. And John the Baptist would be off with the poor people he'd be naked he would be like like he would just be way off he wouldn't be in church Mm -hmm. he like his church attendance would be non-existent Mm -hmm. um i don't know if he would be reading the bible no idea i would assume that he wouldn't be but he would be a man of prayer Mm -hmm. and i bet his prayers would be so like non-christianese yeah like they would have no like he would pray unlike the majority yeah people wouldn't be amening his prayers <laughs> they mm. wouldn't be like mm, to his prayers like they wouldn't be umming to his prayers <laughs> john the baptist would receive none of that but yet um he was off in the desert doing the will of god and I think he's just like a radical example of like mm. this upcoming generation that are nuns. Yeah. They want nothing to do with organized religion because of whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and some of the nuns, actually, a lot of the nuns, we find out like they still nuns in america at least they still claim faith in jesus like the person of jesus Mm -hmm. but they're just not practicing it as we've seen in american history yeah going to church every single sunday going to every prayer meeting they're just not superstitious they're (laughs) They're not even a little stitious (laughs) well it like i was reminded of that Thing you told me the other day you saw on your feed some oh yeah famous gosh bothers me youtuber guy christian person and his commentary on someone else and you know they're doing this in the club and like are they oh are they chance the rapper yeah, yeah. and it was like are they like really a christian are they really saved you know type of commentary on it and it's like that to me came to mind when we were talking about superstition because I'm like, that's superstition. Mm. Like that is an example to me of superstition where it's like, oh, you danced in the, like this in the club. Are you really saved? It's like a, it's like a cause and effect kind of superstition right? type of thing of like, a, oh, like, like, like a, oh, you can't do that or this, yeah. you know, like that to me is kind of like superstition in, in the church. Chance, you better find some wood to knock on. Yeah. Not <laughs> that wood, Chance. Oh my God. The other wood. But it's just like, <laughs> it's like, that's just like, why are you wasting your time and like just being so preoccupied with like superstitions? That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, those are just superstitions. Yeah. Like, that's not, 
that's not faith. That's not about faith. You know? So good. So, so, so good. I don't know. So no more superstitions, people. Maybe a little stitches. Maybe superstition. <laughs> How does that song go? Name the artist. <laughs> superstition. Who wrote that song and sang it? Can you? Do you know? Yeah. Oh, can you sing it? Because I'm, I'm like struggling. No, you're singing it right now. I'm trying to. I'm struggling with the words a little bit. I'm just going. Superstitious writing on the wall. <laughs> 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 Can you name the artist? No, I don't know. Stevie Wonder. I'm sorry. Do you even know what Stevie Wonder looks like? Could I pick him out of a crowd? <laughs> oh I think. God. I think I could. You're the freak. He's. He was. He passed away now, but he's. It uh, was blind, right? Yes. And he had long dreadlocks. I couldn't have picked him out of a crowd. He had a beautiful mustache. I think maybe I could have picked him out of a crowd. You could easily be like, oh yeah, for sure. 100%. I grew up with a lot of uh, white music. Yes. Christian music. Yes, 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 yes. We didn't listen to non-Christian music in our house. That's true. That's true. So anything that was secular, I kind of knew, but I didn't know very well. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. I know that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. such a good song. <laughs> okay, so we also let's change gears here. Ooh, let's talk about Stick the subject shift. that you wanted to talk about: cancel culture. Oh well, it's kind of switching gears. It's kind of. It's kind of similar. Like, let's cancel superstition. <laughs> Can you do that? Probably not. I don't know. That wasn't a literal question. No, no, no. I was, I was thinking about that, though. And then I, and then I was thinking about... Um, but, like, that's, like, what this person is doing with Chance the Rapper and stuff like that. That's kind of, like, canceling them. Oh, my gosh. That's where I was kind of connecting the two. But, oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Yeah, because it's Chance the Rapper is so legit. Like, he's so talented, so gifted. Um, Chance the Rapper grew up in... Chance the Rapper grew up in the gospel... Like, uh, like the black gospel church in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure which church, but grew up in the African-American church there. Grew up singing in the gospel choir, and then mm-hmm. ended up becoming like like making it in the rap industry, like the secular, non-Christian mm-hmm. rap industry. Like he made it, and yet, like in his songs, there's little little lines here and there about like God and whatnot. But he's not like a Christian rapper. But lately, he's been getting into. Um, the Christian world a bit more mm-hmm. with his rapping and whatnot. And I don't know the Moses or whatnot, but either way, I think it's cool that he's kind of like bridging the two. Yeah. The two worlds. I think mm-hmm. it's a, ama- if anybody could do it, it'd be Chance the Rapper. Yeah. And Chance the Rapper was caught at the club filming a music video and this 
guy I cannot stand who's just trying to get clickbaits so for his freaking YouTube channel. Yeah. He's commenting on Chance the Rapper and he's like, should Chance be in these in the Christian circles? Like, is he actually saved if he's doing those things? Listen, we don't want we don't want in your circles, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> first of all, your little Christian circles. Yeah, we don't want in those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We're fine. We're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. So annoying. It is so annoying. So annoying. But like, so... With cancel culture, I feel like it's hard because there's like lots of things when you say that it means can i define it yeah sure here's a i found this definition in a really good article about cancel culture okay um and here's what it says it's from vox so i know nothing about vox so if you guys have your opinions about vox that's your opinions but i'm just reading this as a bystander exactly (laughs) but here's what this article said the rise of cancel culture and the idea of canceling someone coincides with a familiar pattern. I found this really interesting. A celebrity or other public figure does or says something offensive. A public backlash often fueled by politically progressive social media ensues. Then come the calls to cancel the person. That is, to effectively end their career or revoke their cultural cachet, whether through boycotts of their work or disciplinary action from an employer. Mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. that helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something else that the article said that was super, super good. Uh, at least in this conversation to kind of have this, just frame this conversation is it's common to compare cancel culture to call out culture, but it's real roots may lie in the civil rights movement. Super mm. interesting. Um, Ma'am. I have a lot of thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can go first. Well, I have an ex- a story of like cancel culture. I worked at Anchorhead Coffee in downtown Seattle, mm-hmm. one of the best coffee shops in Seattle. And Anchorhead, uh, I was working there, one of the shifts, and typically there's about like four or six of us working. And like, if music dies, then one of us just will go over and like pick a playlist on Pandora and let it play. Um, yeah, I think they used Pandora still, which is really interesting because that's like old man, like only old men <laughs> use Pandora. <laughs> um, but I went over there and I saw old school, like, I don't know, it was like old funk or something like that. I'm like, heck yeah, that sounds good. We need to pick me up. And so we played that and Michael Jackson song came on. Uh-huh. And I started singing to it and like fooling around with my coworkers, like getting them all hyped. And one of my coworkers was like, turn that off. Got really serious. And they were like, turn that off. And I'm like, 
what do you, what do you mean? It's just, what do you mean turn it off? It's just a song. They're like, well, with everything that's come out about Mike, like, we can't be listening to us. We can't be supporting him. Mm-hmm. We can't be, we can't be listening to his songs. Mm-hmm. And all of them started to agree. And it was the same feel that the feelings that I felt in that moment were the same feelings are the same feelings that I get when, or yeah, are the same feelings that I get when I read through the new Testament and I like read about the Pharisees calling out Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like there, there was this same Pharisaical attitude that I felt. And I literally felt like, I felt like I couldn't have my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't listen to the music that I wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, like pharisaical responses are moments where people are corrected and shamed for actions that don't align to the majority. Mm-hmm. And so like I was jamming to a song yeah. That did not align to the majority of people's positions and they wanted to cancel Michael. Yeah. Well, I know that you let's just go to another example. Okay. Um I know that you saw that documentary with me about I lost his name. Arkel? Yeah. R. Kelly. And um, after seeing that documentary, I remember you felt a certain way. You grew up listening to R. Kelly. Uh huh. Very kind of almost sentimental to a lot of the songs. Yeah. Right? Especially like, I believe I could fly. Yeah. Um, but then I remember you, I thought, and you can like tell me your own, own thoughts because I might, I don't remember. But I thought I remember you kind of saying like, yeah, you don't feel comfortable even really listening to that anymore or to his stuff anymore. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that way? Uh, I, I personally would not feel okay listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be different if I was in a coffee shop and somebody was listening to R. Kelly. I wouldn't necessarily like force my own personal beliefs on being like, turn that off. Yeah. Do you know what R. Kelly's done? Do you think, though, that, like... I think... I think there's a lot of, like, gray area here. So I'm just... It's not always, like, black and white. And so... I think that, like... I get... I get what you're saying in that end of it. But also from the other end, like, if someone were to say that to you, like, R. Kelly is playing, and, you're like, and they're like, do you know what he's done? Like, we shouldn't be listening to this. How would you feel in that moment, knowing what you know, though, with the context? Like, would you, would you feel like they were being too much or would you be like, yeah, and like kind of turn it off? 
I don't know. Because I think that there is a there is a point where someone someone could push their beliefs, but then there's a point where you could stand up for what's right, right? So it's like there's that's two different things happening up, and they're very similar. Uh huh. So one being like, this is what I think, and everyone's gonna think it too. You know, you I'm gonna push that belief on other people. And then there's the other where it's like, this is wrong and I'm going to stand up and say it. Even if people don't agree and they make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know? So, like, kind of the same thing, but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that with cancel culture is that, like, I think it's become, like, this conglomerate. It's, like, this word that, like, means like 10 different things and it's so to me i get really annoyed when people talk about cancel culture culture because i'm like i don't know what you're even talking about because there's so many different things you can mean Uh uh-huh um the definition you gave is like super good but it's like it's like when someone makes a mistake or they're let's say they don't even make a mistake but they have like a belief like someone is like i love r kelly right and they just don't they just don't have the understanding of what went on like like you do right Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't see the documentary or maybe they did and they still just kind of like but i really love a song so i just do so whatever you know, if you were to go and turn around and then tell that person that because they support R. Kelly, that you can't be their friend, you can't be around them, like right. that canceling of them, that to me is one side of cancel culture that's very like toxic. Uh huh. Where it's like mob mentality kind of and like just like hanging everyone and everyone just like, yeah, Yeah. crucify them. (laughs) Yeah. Like mob mentality. Not good. But then on the other side, a lot of a lot of it came from what was the word you said that was like. um, Well, I know like one one of the main things was like the Me Too movement. Call out culture. Yeah. Me Too movement really started like a lot of cancel culture. <laughs> like it propelled it, accelerated yeah. it yeah, yeah, to yeah, what yeah. it is today. And that started out as something very valid, right? It's like Me Too being like this person in power has been taking advantage of their power. And yeah. so we are now taking away that power. Yeah. Right. And so we're calling them out and saying, like, this is what they've done. And they're not just going to continue to get away with it. Right. And so we are, in a sense, canceling them, you could say. But we're we're taking their platform away from them because we have the power to take it away. Yeah. Because if someone's platform is built on the, 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 like, the people, then the people can take the platform away. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like that to me is like that me too, that me too movement and that type of cancel culture that, that kind of, that came up, that canceling of 
yeah toxic leaders in the church like all yeah. these things that to me was really really good and powerful yeah um and then what's happened is it kind of has evolved and just like taken all sorts of turns and it's almost taken away the um it's almost made that look like it's taken away the meaning of that like it's all what it's become has taken away the meaning of what was what was important when we when we nitpick all of the small things then we're taking away the the power of canceling the most important things yeah that makes a lot of sense so it's like all of a sudden we're like and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing that and you're doing that and it's like canceling everybody and then it's like okay now none of it all of it matters so none of it matters and then it's just like what it just made all the me too stuff and everything else black lives matter all that it's just like kind of like drowned it in all these other things yeah that were just like i don't know and so it becomes it's it's so messy to me that i'm like I follow someone on Instagram who's very like anti-cancel culture. Um, and she always is just talking about how like, like to the extreme, like how um, we shouldn't cancel anybody because everyone should be able to basically be like reconciled, right? And I agree with that. But there's points where it's like it's like people who are anti anti mob right they're anti mob again like don't let like let's all don't rise up against someone and like take them out you know mm-hmm. what i mean but at the same time like i said before if if someone's platform is built on the people then the people have the power to take it away and that's where I feel like it's like with celebrities and things like that. It's like your platform is built from our support and our money and our voice. And so if we just stop supporting you, that's canceling. But it's not as if we're like, and go to the dungeons and never come out. You know, like it's like, that's a whole level of canceling that's like different. That's my frustration with cancel culture. My frustration with cancel culture is those who are very, very anti-cancel culture who tend to be more on the conservative end politically and even like religiously. They're just Mm -hmm. on the conservative end. My frustration is they don't get the, they don't get what people are wanting them to be like, what they're wanting, what people are wanting them to be canceled for. These, you know, corrupt politicians, these celebrities who have, you know, the truth has come out that they're like, they're pretty much evil. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea is that like, especially in the Christian church, the, the Western Christian church is that, Cancel culture is never good because God never cancels us. Mm -hmm. And that's not what cancel culture is about. 
Right. Cancel culture isn't trying to cancel someone's humanity. Yeah. It's not try it's not a threat against like their imago day. Mm-hmm. It's not it at all. It's just essentially saying like you're in the public with a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And your power, whether it's influencing the music industry, which is big, um, or influencing like national or local politics, which that's just as big too. Like we want to cancel that power. Like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite accounts that I post a lot, but I'm sure pisses off a lot of people who follow me on Instagram that are on the conservative end is Sean King. Mm -hmm. and Sean King is constantly like publicly posting politicians um, like people high up in the police world who have been found out to be you know there's evidence that they've been doing such and such and Sean King is like call this number email this email address and demand that they be taken out of office they be removed from their job yeah and again back to that like definition is like cancel culture and call call out culture has been um sort of cultivated within the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and rightly so like people who are in power that are trying to um take away people's just human rights to human life. Yeah. You want to remove their power. Mm-hmm. Put in someone who's going to be an advocate or someone who's going to fight on someone's behalf. Yeah. And so that's my frustration is like the people who can't separate those lines. Yeah. It's like cancel culture. There are some people in cancel culture who want to cancel the whole person. And that's where it's like toxic. That's where we don't want anything to do with that. That's why I feel like that's what I was saying was it's like it's taken away the meaning of what it was supposed to mean. And like with Me Too and with civil rights and everything like that, it's like when you are talking about canceling someone's humanity and like just like their trash and like blah, blah, blah. It's like you're taking away from the like power of the original message. Right. And, like, making it something gross that, like, you're making it divisive yeah. of, like, a, like, a statement that's going to be, like. Like an us versus them. Yeah. And, like, yes. something that, like, a lot of people are going to be, like, well, I'm not down with that. Yeah. I could have supported you, but I'm not down with that. Yeah. And now we've lost support. Yeah. It's, like, we wanted to just cancel their power. But now you're canceling them. Yeah. And you've made it an issue. Yeah. When we could have just canceled their power and been done with it. Yeah. So it's like, it's taking it away, taking away the like effectiveness. Yeah. When people go that way. Here's some pushback, not for me, but here's some pushback. Uh, This is hot take. Ready for the hot take? Disclaimer out there, if you have any issues with uh, Marcel Church, Mark Driscoll, go ahead and hit pause. Pause? On this podcast and move on past this part. Skip, not pause, skip 
10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Just <that's> kidding. <laughs> 30 Skip seconds. This part. <laughs> no. So Mark Driscoll claims that critical theory and cancel culture is a demonic power. <laughs> he wrote like he has a website on his church or whatever. I mean, on his church website, he writes articles and in his article titled the demonic power of critical theory and cancel culture. He wrote this when the Bible speaks of Satan as the accuser revelations 12, 10, it's another way of saying he is the critic who condemns people. The critic loves nothing more than getting sinners on earth to take God's seat, judge others, condemn them, and then punish them to some sort of hellish fate. He unpardonable or the unpardonable sin of critical race, I mean critical theory and cancel culture is to critique critical what? The unpardonable sin of critical theory and cancel culture is to critique critical theory and cancel culture. The very thing Jesus will do once and for all, the real judge returns to provide real justice and to bring the real heaven on earth. End quote. Uh, Mars... Mars, what's his name? Driscoll. <laughs> Mark Driscoll. I was, gonna, Mars, I was like, Mars Hill. <laughs> Mark Driscoll should not be a pastor. This is the question that... <laughs> yeah. Do you want to Speaking comment? Speaking of cancel culture. Yes. Um, Do you want to comment on anything that he just no, said? No, yeah. I mean, I think... I think he was partly supporting what we were just saying. In the idea of like the toxicity that exists within cancel culture. Right. And I agree with some of the statement because you see it. It's so bizarre how like, it really is bizarre how prevalent it is in, in humanity and like how easily it's seen the like mob um, mentality yeah. that happens yeah. is so funny. Yeah, yeah like yeah. in just a bizarre way. Yeah. Um, like when you go on, you know, when you see those people on Love Is Blind, let's say, and there's the like villain of the season. Yeah. Right. And then everyone on her TikTok is saying she's ugly, saying she should die. Oh my god. And that's literally. That is so common. As soon as someone becomes the the villain of the story of whatever the story is, they everyone will mob and attack that person. So terrible. And it just reminds me of like Jesus and the Bible, like the crowd, just like yeah. crucify him, crucify like just like him. had no clue, like didn't care. They're just like yeah. going after whoever. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird how we. It is kind of demonic. I, I maybe that's like a strong way to say it. Maybe it's more human <laughs> than it is demonic. It's like our ba- our our fallen nature. Yeah. But it just is really um like that is just such a bizarre thing about humanity where we will mob like that. Um. So in that sense, I agree. Um, with some of that statement. But 
Um, that's why I'm saying this is such a messy topic because there's a part of it that is disgusting. And then there's a part of it that's like addressing things that are disgusting. And it's valid. Like, (laughs) and it's valid. It's like, there's just disgusting everywhere. It's like literally comparing, um, people apples to oranges. Yeah. It's like people. It's I just like, said that. It's not a good actually. It's like, comparing like people literally like the mob that's yelling crucify him, crucify him to Jesus and co- then comparing that to someone um getting justice because like like a ma- like a mass murderer getting thrown in jail. Yeah. And like getting justice. Yeah. To a degree or whatever. Like uh-huh. that's those are not the same. Yeah. But that's what you're comparing and saying is all the same thing. Yes. You're comparing justice with judgment and just saying they're the same thing. Yes. And they're not. They're yeah. so so cancel culture you're saying when we sit when anyone anywhere everywhere says cancel culture they could be talking about justice or they could be talking about judgment. Yeah. You don't know which one they're talking about. Wow. So when someone's like, "Yeah, like cancel culture is good." Like they're talking justice is good. You know? And people who are talking about it being bad. It's like, they're talking about judgment being bad. And so it's like, you just also, it's just a never, it's just messy. It's just never a good, it's never a good thing (gasps) to have your motive be anger. Rage is so unattractive. I just want to throw that out there. Dude, (laughs) like if rage rage is rage is demonic. If rage and anger... Maybe nothing... I don't know if it's demonic. Everything's demonic. Like... (laughs) Just kidding. Human anger is your motive in life, or you're around people and that's their motive in life, run the hell away. Yeah. Or if that's your motive, seek help. Find people who are people of peace. Yeah. uh, People of love and mercy but man i'm i'm telling you like whenever your motive is anger you're gonna root for the worst things yeah and like back to the example of that love is blind like person it's like she has no platform she has no power she's just like a character on a show yeah and really just truly is just a normal like day to day and day out person. Yeah. So to go after someone like that is like a totally different thing than going after some kind of person of power who like needs their power taken away. Yeah. She doesn't need her power taken away. She has no power to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like stripping her as a human. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Um. So that I mean, first of all, that's one difference. The second difference is telling someone that what they've done is harmful and is wrong and this and this and this and they shouldn't have this platform and they shouldn't have this power, whatever, is one thing. To tell someone that they're stupid, ugly, and should die is a whole other thing. Right. Those, are, those are two different things. Yeah. So, and you said it before, it's like you're stripping them of their humanity. You're not just like stripping them of their power. Yeah. Like those are different. Absolutely. And so... Back to Mark Driscoll. Here's the thing that gets me. I get. I tend to be more on the side of cancel culture. Just really briefly. Just give like a snapshot of why, what Mark, who Mark Driscoll was, and well, you'd be better. You'd be better at that. But I just 
just really quickly. He just was a pastor in the Seattle area who um, was just kind of an abusive leader and um, and just like just I don't know destroyed his church. I don't know how to best to like describe what happened. You you would well probably... he was very narcissistic. Yeah, he was very abusive emotionally, spiritually. Um, there's nothing physically that. And there's tons of comments and just conversations and yeah. things he's done and said and just like it's been really 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 toxic to people. Um, but it's essentially it's, like the the extreme of narcissism. That's yeah. who Mark Driscoll was. Right. And he's and he, he had a massive influence. Like yeah, one of the very last years before their church imploded. What they held their Easter Sunday mm. service at the football field that the Seattle Seahawks play in. Yeah. So like that's how many people were in this guy's church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very there, big platform. There was a rise, and actually, your uncle was one of the people that was a part of that yeah. whole movement for about for taking him down. Basically. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, so he lost his position and moved. The church closed. The church closed. He moved to where? Arizona. Arizona. And was kind of just like a little bit under the radar for a while, but now is just a pastor again. Yeah. In Arizona. Mm -hmm. And not surprisingly, thinks cancel culture is demonic. (laughs) But it's like people. People really don't like being held accountable for their actions. Oh, especially narcissistic people. Narcissistic people and oh people of power. Yes. Don't want to be held. They think they're immune to being. And the thing is that like you and I grew up in a time when there literally was none. There was no accountability. There was no accountability. There was none. Yeah. Like anyone famous of power of any kind could do whatever they want and just pay people off and just pay and they still do that but even if people found out about it they would just be like oh like well they would never do that or whatever like they just would like not ever acknowledge it yeah and it was never and also if even if you knew something happened with someone you kind of are like, oh, well, they're still like a really good football player or, oh, well, they're still really good singer. So whatever. Yeah. Like you just didn't, you didn't think it mattered to hold someone accountable. Yeah. And the wit that was how it was when at least I remember thinking that growing up about people being like, it's almost like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I separate the art from the artist. You know, it's like you just. It, it, there's nothing you can do kind of thing. Like, like I'm just going to appreciate what this part of them and that part of them, oh, well, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It was so weird. And then finally people started being like, like, no, this, this person needs to like not have this kind of authority over people or have this sort of power over people. Yeah. And this position and, and be able to get away with this stuff. And then finally people are like, oh yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's a good idea. They shouldn't be able to do that, you know? Yeah. It caught on. And then now it's like, 
there's a stand like we, we try to have a there's like a character standard in a way it's like if if someone's especially a pastor it's like you 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 gotta be able to stand up to a certain character standard and if you're not people are going to call you out like you said for that yeah be like you're not in a place to be and so anyway like back to what we said people don't like being held accountable um and they pers- whenever someone in power complains about cancel culture type stuff, I'm like, they just have stuff they do not want <laughs> to be held accountable for. Because it's just like, come on. And with Mark Driscoll, I'm like, all that ever happened to you, yeah, he did have a mob. Everyone has both. And that's the problem. Is that that's you're gonna problem. you're gonna have the real like people who are seeking accountability they're seeking and your, justice they're seeking you to step down yeah. because you're 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 treating people poorly and they need you to step away blah 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 but then you also will have a mob after you um and those people are the ones it's like oh everyone's after me like it's just a mob but really like there's the real side happening as well yeah especially with someone like Mark Driscoll it's like it was both and so He's just paying attention to the mob and being like, oh, it was just the mob, you know, like it was just, you know. Yeah. Cancel culture's after me, you know. Yeah. But not taking accountability for that. And yeah, I mean, someone like him should not be a pastor. Like, it's just the way that he, the way that he is. He's, he, I don't know him personally, but the ways that he's displayed himself is like, you're not, you're not fit to be a pastor. Yeah. Because of your, um, I want to say personality disorder, maybe. Um, but just so many things. And that doesn't mean that I want, I want him to suffer. It's just that he needs to understand that, like, that's not his place to be. Yeah. And that is a part, that is, that is a form of cancel culture to to have that stance yeah to believe that this person shouldn't shouldn't be a pastor and to kind of hold that position of belief is people would consider that cancel culture and that's where i'm like yeah but that kind is is necessary yeah um i totally agree Cancel culture is also just really hard because, like you said in the beginning, there's so many gray areas to it. Yeah. And whenever thing, when anything is found in that gray area, you can't apply just a general rule to it. Yeah. You have to approach it as its own thing. Yeah. Like the Mark Driscoll thing is its own thing. Mm-hmm. The I'm, Carl Lentz thing. I was just going to say that him, that's another is one. A, it's a different thing. It's like he's... Like Carl Lentz has... He, I'm sure, is narcissistic in a in a way where uh, Chuck DeGroat, who wrote a book, When Narcissism Goes to Church, it's a really good book. Um, in that book, Chuck DeGroat essentially reveals that a lot of people are narcissistic. 
they may not be a narcissist, but they have narcissistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about when narcissism goes to church and how to approach that. Yeah. Um, but it's just really interesting to think about like Carl Lentz and how I'm sure there may be some narcissistic tendencies, but from what has come out about his church leadership, it was nothing like yeah. Mark right. Driscoll. Right. There was there wasn't this like emotional and spiritual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Even close to the yeah. level of Mark Driscoll. Carl Lentz, people obviously can look it up. It's all over the internet. But it's, he cheated on his wife and thing, was yeah. in a like a secret relationship for like six months or nine months or something like that. Yeah. Like several months. And then eventually came out um, and to the public and to his wife and whatnot. And he was fired. Um, what's interesting about him is his was a moment of infidelity but it was from what his track record shows is that this wasn't a consistent thing in his life it was like a serious mess up like hiding a relationship for several months is a serious thing yeah but then apparently you know for the past two years or whatever it's been i think it's been two years him and his wife have been in secret, not in public, not preaching, not teaching. Whereas Mark Driscoll quickly went back into the public, yeah. back to teaching, back to preaching, yeah. back to leading. Yeah. Leading a church. Like I feel like that's something that's different. Going back and teaching, like being a teaching pastor is being is much different than being the guy who is yeah. like the head of the church, yeah. the pa- this lead pastor, the senior pastor. Yeah. Like that's much different. Right. But Carl Lentz shows a lot of turning his life around. Yeah. Living out his repentance mm-hmm. and also putting the most like the most important things first, like his wife, his kids. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, and now Carl Lentz has been restored to a staff position at a church, not the lead position at a church. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's great for Carl. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any issue with someone being, it just kind of depends on what what the roles are and what the type of person is um but yeah it's like it's not necessarily like oh they could never like be on staff again or something like that it's yeah i don't see it that way it's just more i think it's different maybe not but i think it's different for like to think about like pastors church leaders versus like politicians I know. Or celebrities or things like that. I know, because it's like... It's just so different. Like, every situation's going to be different, and that's where it falls in the gray area. But, like, to me, like... A politician who is just an evil man... Well, they don't need to have... Like, there's no reason for someone who's a politician who screws up in any way 
there's no there's no reason for them to have a second chance and that's what i'm saying in that position no exactly they could go do something else yeah but there's no reason there's no reason to give it because it's like it's a job and anyone else could do that job who could rise up and like just do that job yeah like whatever they don't just they don't need to have like a second chance. Yeah. But it's different when you're in a church and it's like, that's the problem where we kind of go back to sort of a messy piece of religion, but it's not supposed to be like a job. Right. It's supposed to be more like a community. Yeah. And that's the problem though. Is some are like jobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not really supposed to be that way. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's definitely great because of all that, too. Because of all that part of it. But I I think going back to that, that grayness and that beginning story that you had. Yeah. It's like... For, for someone like Michael Jackson, let's say you said in the beginning, uh-huh. Michael Jackson is dead, right? <laughs> so he's not necessarily getting any like royalties off his, his music. His music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he isn't. Yeah. So the danger of supporting him kind of doesn't really exist in the sense of like monetary, like he's not getting money from it. Um, you're supporting his whoever his money's going to, which I don't even know. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's the maybe it's the concept, you know, of it all. It's the well, you shouldn't just, you know, shouldn't support it. Whatever. That's a very gray. That's a very gray one. Yeah. That's not the same as like being like, oh, this this politician shouldn't have that position. Yeah. This is, I'm not going to support this person and they're dead and we're still going to talk about it. I don't know. It's just, it's very gray. And also people have different, different thoughts on Michael Jackson. I mean, he was very much of a adult victim. I mean, he was, he was a victim himself. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't make it like, right. Yeah. 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 But it was, it's just a very, like, sad story. Yeah. Just all together. Um, I would say it's, it's, it doesn't, nothing to excuse any of whatever, because I don't really even know the details, but it is still a whole different story of someone like R. Kelly, um, who is still living. Yeah. And still would essentially get support through their right. music. So Absolutely. I don't know. It's just different. Um, but like, yeah, that's just like example of like how it can be gray. Um, and yeah. As best as you could explain, how do you think Jesus would respond if he was here right now? How would he respond to council culture? In your opinion, we obviously know Mark Driscoll's opinion. He thinks that Mark, that Jesus would just say, "This is this is all terrible. This is yeah demonic." 
It's the worst. Um... I don't know, because I know Jesus did his own kind of um, his type of his type of canceling was very um, I want to say like smooth (laughs) like it was very like mostly he only really tried to like usurp the pharisees power Mm -hmm. but he did it in a way that was very like you kind of couldn't you kind of couldn't really it wasn't very blunt most of the time i guess it was blunt in a way but he wasn't, I, I think that's, I th- that's probably why Jesus did it the way he did it. It was because he was trying to almost speak to them in code and tell them about how they're like, tell them they're canceled in code Huh. because he didn't want them there to be a mob. Uh. He didn't want a mob to go after anyone. Uh-huh. So it was almost like he canceled them in code. Uh-huh. To keep it low key, because uh-huh. it because you there's always people around, but it's almost like people didn't necessarily always catch what he was saying to them. Yeah, or he'd say it to them in a way like in a parable, and like they'd be like, "Oh, he's talking about us." Yeah, that's true. And I wonder that he did that to avoid mob, like mobbing. Yeah, because didn't want to rile people up. Uh huh. It's true. So I think that that's what Jesus kind of did most of the time was trying to keep people from mobbing hmm. but still get the message through yeah absolutely so i think my takeaway would be to how can i be person who calls out and corrects but without like stirring things up and getting people to mob yeah. Because the problem is you can't control a mob. Yep. And once people find something to go after, they just they just go to the death. Like, they don't care. It just keeps, it continues to escalate. And they don't care about the original reason. Yeah. They don't care about... Yeah. Um, they just want to, like, go after. And you lose the heart. Yeah. So... That's the thing, too, is people just associate mob and all of this with the same as, like, a protest. Yeah. Which are also not the same. Yeah, exactly. Because protests are united. Uh-huh. And, like, and like it's, it's led, you know? It's like there is a control, whereas mob is not. Yeah. There's all these things that it's just like people see them as the same, but it's like it's all intertwined, but it's not. Yeah. Um I think if Jesus was here, he would ask a lot of questions of people who were 
pro cancel culture. And he would ask them questions and challenge their hearts. Mm-hmm. I think he would try to bring some like salvation to their hearts, save them from living in anger, save them from living in bitterness. Um, yeah, it's- and teach them the way, the way of love. Teach them the way. See, the thing is, is a lot of people just assume that like the love of the love of Jesus is like passive and weak, but mm-hmm. it's not. And the love of Jesus sets things right, and it brings accountability where needed yeah and that's the thing is like it's hard love yeah it's like hard love like some people needed to be some people need to be called out of power but at the end of the day for their betterment it's love like love is calling is looking out for their long time good yeah love isn't considered with like Love is also not considered with their selfish desires. Yeah, or it's and like so they won't hurt someone else. Yes, you yes, know, yes, which yes, also yes. comes from a to protect place the others protect. and protect themselves. Right. And Jesus would want to teach like love in that way, um, but I would see him challenging the mob mentality, calling that out, exposing another way. Um, a better way. Um, I also see Jesus wanted to cancel people. Yeah, I think a big question would be, and I, and I do see people on my like feed who are anti-cancel culture saying the same question. I think it's a question that Jesus would ask as well. It's just like, what are you? what are you trying to achieve basically? Yeah. And that's what you're saying. But like, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to punish this person? Cause that's not what, that's not what it's about. Like, it's not about punishing. It's about accountability, correcting, like, yeah. like, like correcting as in like making their way, their way is, their way is not on the right path, and so you're correcting it. You're making it the right path, right? So that's that sense of correcting is not punishing. That sense of correcting is making right, yeah, and like setting right, yeah. Which is like what you're saying is like the good of it's the good of that. That would actually be the for the good of the person, the good not, of others, yeah. Because we think of correction as like negative sometimes. It's like harsh or something or it's like but correction is actually yeah it's like making right yeah so that would be like that would end up good um yeah yeah, yeah. not putting them down a path of misery or whatever or suffering um although suffering is usually involved but that's just like a part of when you've done something wrong you're gonna have to like (laughs) figure out the hard way you yeah. know how to correct it but, well, but i think the thing to so, ask though is like 
are you what why are you not like what's your reason like what's your goal yeah why are you doing that you don't want to listen to michael jackson what's the purpose yeah what are you what do you what is it and some people may have a good answer and some people may not yeah you know it's just and that's why it's gray again because for some people they may have a right heart and for some people they may not yeah but they're doing the same thing exactly so that's why again it's like how i originally said like well it depends how you you could say the same thing and it could come from a different place right right you could say i i really prefer you know not to listen to this because i believe it you know supports this mm-hmm. or it could cause someone who struggled with this to feel a certain way yeah you know coming from a certain angle then others would be like, I don't support this because, you know, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Like, you can't either, you know. It's just two different motivations, two different two different purposes. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing that's I think's important with to continue with something that you brought up with cancel culture is this idea of like I don't want to I don't, my intent in wanting to cancel this person is not that they would suffer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they won't. Yeah. And I think of like, you know, uh, the officer who killed George Floyd. Yeah. Who's going to be in prison for life. Yeah. That's suffering. Yeah. It's, that's where I think it's difficult for anti-cancel culture people mm-hmm. is they can't justify within themselves that idea that some people will suffer. There will be consequences mm-hmm. for their actions. And mm-hmm. that's the whole idea of accountability is holding people accountable for their actions and going about the thing going about justice like bringing justice where justice needs to be happened because it's one thing just to hold accountable hold people accountable but it's a whole nother thing to bring justice because accountability is holding somebody accountable justice brings like justice makes things right for those who were victims right brings healing too brings healing to the community or whoever right and you want you need both yeah you definitely need both and that's where i think when you have the wrong heart like it's full of anger or you're just mob mentality you're going to be seeking the suffering of someone mm-hmm. you're going to want that yeah and at times like there might be you know a victim's family member who's like I want them to suffer. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, it's like a game of telephone that just goes through the mob being like, I want them to suffer. I want them to suffer. I want them to suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's like this thought planted in everyone's minds when like that thought and that emotion didn't belong to them. Yeah. Like that was part of the grieving yeah. of the family member. Right. But the mob stole that 
from the person and made it made that feeling like impure yeah not that like longing for someone's suffering is pure but what i'm you get you get what i'm saying yeah like they're manipulating something that was them their grief their anger their whatever and like we're teaching our church community all the time like god isn't god doesn't god wants to hear your thoughts like where are you angry where are you like share the he can handle those things yeah it's part of our grieving that's part of our like healing from trauma mm-hmm. but the mom mentality adopts those things that aren't theirs yeah and that's right and that's where i'm like yeah that's that's where it gets out of the like confines of accountability and justice right that happens all the time that's literally what i was talking about when people are like um going on to like that person from love is blind to like um tiktok whatever and like telling her like all these things about how she's so mean she's not alive she didn't do any of that to them (laughs) exactly she didn't she wasn't mean to them right some random person on the internet but they're so mad that she was mean to somebody else who is the only one who has the right to say that. Yeah. You know? And they're going off and being like, you're mean, you're ugly, you're whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, like exactly what you're saying. It's like they're taking someone else's thing and then just like repeating, repeating, repeating. Manipulating it for something else. Yeah, and you using it for that fuel yeah and it's like the only person who she needs to be talking to is the person who she people who she's wrong right and those people may have already forgiven her by now yeah and you're still going off yeah like a forever just like echo into the distance like it's already done you're still going yeah and it's like that kind of thing is the that's yeah that's like the toxic mob mentality that um is so terrible um and you're just yeah you're just rooting for someone to someone needs to suffer you know goodness gracious someone needs to suffer for this um i think people need to ask the question one Am I following the mob mentality? Mm-hmm. And why? Why is it such a value of mine that I've been just following the mob mentality? Mm-hmm. The other question they need to ask is, or they need to consider, is like, consider yourself in the other person's shoes. I'm like, how would you treat them? Mm-hmm. Like, if you... If you, from the outside perspective, having hindsight and having like um, being in the blind spot where, you know, each of us have blind spots, we can't see everything, but other people look in our life, they can see things about us that we don't see. Mm-hmm. There's a vantage point. And at that point, like, we could see things about people who need to be canceled that they themselves can't be see. Mm-hmm. Like you would want people who want the best for that person 
will maybe want them to be canceled because they know that that position or what that power or whatever is is perpetuating yeah it's it's like almost enslaving them yeah and keeping them from like being the best person that they can be so if you were in that person's shoes you would want at the end of your life you would want to be canceled but you would want to have love and support and you would want rehabilitation you would want accountability that's what accountability is yeah um you would also want justice yeah and you know for someone like Derek Chauvin who killed George Floyd like he may be suffering but that's weird to say that's the right that's the justice that needed to happen for the betterment of the whole yeah um yeah I also think like to be pastor here for a moment <laughs> like I think it's so important that in this time that we're living in with everything being you know everyone taking up everyone's cause which we just don't have that capacity to do yeah and not only that but like we're taking up everyone's cause around the world I know <laughs> like, we just don't have that capacity as human beings and we need to like we need to slow our our role. Yeah. And really assess like where can I be a person of who's seeking accountability and justice, but where I'm not overstepping my human bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm not taking on too much than I've been given the ability to. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. Um, the thing, the reason, um, when I brought up like a few weeks ago about how like things are just so fast paced, that's why we're always like so mm. tired and like anxious and this scent, this is the same thing. It's like everything that we need to like be on the ball about is like happening so fast all around us like everything around the whole world because we have access to it you know and no one throughout history has ever had access to all of the news all over the world yeah um like we do now and so we can know like every single day probably every hour within hours you could yeah every hour you could google or like go on instagram or whatever like have a feed from this or that country that whatever and you could probably have a new thing like every hour that you could be kind of like concerned about and then on top of that you're also hearing it through someone else's filter yeah so like is it from a conservative political side is it yeah. from a from a left side like what's the agenda behind the message that's being sent out in this whatever yeah it's like constant 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 trauma constant yeah anxiety constant whatever and so yeah i agree i think like everyone needs to slow their roll and just like I think figure out what works 
for some people that's that they have the one kind of the one thing that they're like all about yeah and they just kind of focus on that one thing yeah and i think that's great like some people they just are really passionate about something and that's their thing and that that's what they go after yeah um some people i think it's more of like a um i want to say like radius thing of like I'm only gonna worry about what's in within twenty mile <laughs> twenty mm. mile radius of where I'm living. Um beyond that, like yes, obviously there are big big things that happen he- here and there that you like will catch on to, but like for the most part just knowing what's going on in your city is probably enough. Yes. <laughs> like that's probably enough for like a while um unless there's like actually it makes me think about like we've but we've become so overwhelmed and um obsessed with everything that's happening yeah around the nation and around the world yeah that we don't even give proper edit effort to what's happening yeah. In our local context. Yeah. Because you don't have any energy left like, and all that. I'm embarrassed to say this, but like we were supposed to turn in something to vote for today. <laughs> yeah. And our ballots. Some ballots. And I'm like, I thought to myself when you said that, but like in my head, I'm like, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the time for this. Mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity for this. Yeah. And that makes me think that there's probably things that are drawing my attention my effort my capacity that shouldn't be right and i should be more concerned with my local context yeah like there's a there's an old saying that pastors love to use where it's this old saying from a uh, essentially it just it just goes like this it says uh in one hand hold a newspaper and the other hold your Bible. And the idea is like, be up to date with what's happening around in the world, but also be up to date with hap- like what's God saying. Yeah. So have both of those. Yeah. Um, practice your faith, like whatever. That was said, dude, that was said like a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> So what, what what contents were in that newspaper? <laughs> I was probably talking I don't about. I think there was a newspaper a couple hundred years ago. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's probably like a hundred. Whenever that was said, <laughs> what contents were said in that newspaper? Yeah. Probably like little Timmy sell has a lemonade stand, so go yeah. buy his lemonade. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, it's like there was like a like two things, you know. Yeah, exactly. I was like, here's what's happening in the sports team and this or that. So I just think like for pastors to use that now. Yeah. Misinterpreting the point of what that statement. Yeah. It's like there's no need for church people, church leaders to be up to date with what is happening around the world and then try to be a mouthpiece to the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. And we do try to as well. We like we do try to like Of course. Well, 
with social media, it's like you have the you have the potential platform. You know, you don't necessarily have any platform, but you have the potential to reach the world. Yes. If you if you ha- happen to. Yeah. Like you could literally just post something one day and it reaches the world. Yeah. Like give the potential. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of has caused recent pastors and leaders to like have that kind of distraction in a way of being like, I can he- I can hear from and reach the world. Um, but it, and, and even though that's true and, and for some it, it is what they should be doing for most, they just need to like hear and reach their city. Yeah. And like, that's it. Yeah. So I think that's a, just a good thought. Um, and it's just something, yeah. What you're saying about like, we really just need to be present if if we were all not trying to reach the world but we're just trying to reach our city it would probably be pretty good everyone would be (laughs) far off better it would just be way better yeah exactly plus it's like i hear about things happening in like tennessee and florida and like kansas and like all these places and i'm like they're weird but i don't it's like Yes, that's they're weird. I don't want to hear about this stuff. Yeah. Like it's like I don't that's stupid. Yeah. And to a degree it's like I want to be able to help or something, but I can't do anything. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's such a yeah, that's so hard cuz it's like partly you don't want to like disengage and not be like supporting people who are trying to like have something happen well for example like george floyd was the very first global protest yeah around the world people were protesting for that yeah and that's because of social media yeah so like yeah there that's a good thing that came out of that yeah and that was part of cancel culture they wanted to cancel Derek Chauvin. And well, the and other. just cops in general. Oh, yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting time. Um, yeah, but that's something that that's that's good that came out of it. Yeah. Um, so good. There's yeah, there's so many more thoughts on this. Um, maybe to the direction of how to be present and social media and all that like that's a whole kind of other topic maybe we can talk about more too sometime yeah yeah thanks for listening everybody sorry that we're a day late but uh if you're a praying person be praying for jl to quickly recover and heal she's a bit traumatized that one Poor baby. Poor baby. And we will be back with you on uh, Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, God willing. Yeah. Jeez yeah. Louise. 
two and episodes already out of 14 that i mean 13 that were uh a little behind yeah thanks for not canceling us yeah, oh my gosh thank you so much <laughs> and if you have canceled us um that, we don't care yeah <laughs> it's kind of true it's kind of true well <laughs> if you're kidding. listening for the first time uh thank you so much hit that like button the subscribe button for those of you that reached out and shared your love about the podcast and told us that you're listening means a whole lot it means the world means the world i still nice. i know i want to know what that statement means i don't understand what it means people. the world it means the world is like it means so much to me as big as the world as it big the world the is world it means to me. me it means as it means much as big that, as the world as much that the world has to offer in it in it that is that's what i'm all, full of right now i don't now. get it i think that's what it means <laughs> <laughs> well either way means the world <laughs> yeah we will see you next week peace out y'all good night friends peace out <laughs> peace out <laughs>